You know, just when I wanted to make this pinball podcast more positive, more energetic, Stern has to go and release a topper that is one thousand dollars i feel like they did it on purpose they're like canada's back guys how can we really how can we really get him to say something negative about the pinball industry i got an idea i got an idea why don't we release a topper i got an idea why don't we just make a topper that looks like it's a ten dollar prop you would put in your front yard during halloween and let's charge a thousand dollars for it so that happened yesterday and so we're gonna let's talk about just the simple fact that now all of a sudden we have the most expensive pinball this might be the most expensive pinball accessory of all time this elvira topper that is a gravestone i think an actual gravestone is cheaper than this thing i think it's actually cheaper to even die and bury yourself and have a tombstone and a gravestone than it is to buy this stern topper now look here's the thing here's the thing they they did this strategically on the day after they got the world super excited about Avengers. And this is the part that kind of burns me a little bit inside. It's like, are you really doing it the day after we fell in love with you all over again, Stern? Like, you showed us this amazing game. You showed us Stern Pinball giving us so much more for the money. And then the next day you go and you release the Elvira topper. And immediately you remind us that, you know what? They're probably still very greedy. They probably still are not going to give us what we're paying for. And I just think it's a weird move. It's a really weird move to do this. But it wasn't just the $1,000 for the Elvira topper that they announced too. The Avengers topper is also $600. And so will the Ninja Turtles topper be $600. Now look, we've had Toppergate as a topic in 2020. We've talked about it too many times at length and the bottom line is this nobody needs a topper like no games really need a topper or require a topper we see what they're doing we see what they're doing with the jurassic park topper where they want to have a mode that you can only access if you get the topper and so they're holding back some of the gameplay features if you don't buy the topper so then that creates a dilemma for people who love these games that if they want the entire gameplay experience then you need to buy some of these toppers so all of a sudden stern has made it so toppers aren't just these vanity things that sit on top of a machine but they also are required for unlocking the full potential of these expensive toys that you're spending a lot of money on and that's what rubs people the wrong way and so when we look at the Elvira topper, you know, they're trying to get around this $1,000 price because they're saying they're only going to make 200 of them. And I also hear that it will come with an exclusive mode or some sort of exclusive code element that will be in the game. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. On pure material cost alone, this is where it's getting comical, like just comical these things are not even that well sculpted they don't look like they're that expensive there's not much detail i spoke to my good friend who's making uh, over in israel who's making some of the most amazing sculpts lior about this thing and you know he takes one look at this stuff and he's like chris like this stuff is really cheap to make like it's not even that well done and he, he kind of just like shrugs his shoulders and you should see you should see the stuff this guy is working on. Where do you see the next topper from this gentleman? I mean, I, I took one look at it. And yes, I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, his his topper, 
exceeds a thousand dollars but i mean it is it is it is worth it what he's putting on this machine and obviously he's going for a very rich exclusive clientele with his stuff but um you know when we look at this stern topper a thousand bucks I'm almost more like upset about the plastic toppers in Avengers being $600. Like Jurassic Park, we saw it too. The cost of a sheet of plastic and the cost to have a few LED lights on these things. I mean, I'm not even joking when I say the bill of materials on these toppers are probably around 30 to 50 bucks. 30 to 50 bucks and they're charging $600. $100. I mean, that's what the new PlayStation 5 is going to cost. When I first got the image, when someone first sent me the image, I said to myself, this has to be a joke. Like, someone's just messing with me. This has to be Photoshop. There's no way this is real. There's no way Stern is going to release a $1,000 topper. Uh, but it was confirmed to be real. And the first thing that popped into my head was, you know what? Good for them. Like, good for Stern Pinball. Because this company was able to sell 50 people out there in Elvira that had nothing more than a little one-inch square piece of couch for $15,000. So, you know what? If dummies are going to buy that for $15,000, then what's another grand to put a topper on top of your signature edition Elvira? Now... If you ask me, if someone spent 15K for Elvira SLE, they should have got the topper included, right? When people bought the Batman SLEs, they got the topper included. When people bought Batman LE, which was much cheaper than the SLE, they got the topper included. Did you see someone on Pinside is selling? They're selling just the topper from a Batman SLE. I don't know how they got this. Like, I don't know who owns a Batman SLE that parted ways with their topper because I, I'm not even joking when I say this. If you gave up your SLE topper on Batman, your game just lost way more value than you'd like to know. I mean, I wouldn't even, who'd want one? Who would want a Batman SLE with no topper because that that is like the coolest topper Stern's ever made. They're selling the Batman SLE topper for $1,650, $1,600. You know, there's just certain elements to things. Things need to, Some things need to just go together, right? Like Batman SLE needs to go with that topper. And that's the weird part. So let me give you an analogy. I'm going to use a car analogy, right? Imagine buying a brand new C8 Corvette, all right? Imagine buying a brand new C8 Corvette and Corvette and Chevrolet gives it to you with only one door on the car. How much could they then charge you for the next door to complete the car and the look of the car? And I think that's what's going on with some of these toppers is it completes the look that they know people want in the game. And so like the sky's the limit on what they're going to charge you for these things. And so if you're going to spend 15K and get nothing for your money, I think Stern's looking at it like these guys will spend 16K. And the same is true with the LEs. Like everyone ran out in one day. And I know why they did it because it's an amazing game and bought a $9,200 Avengers. So if I'm Stern, I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, these guys just spent 9,200 bucks on a game they've never played on a game they've never flipped, on a game they've just seen in one hour. So if they have 9,200 bucks of disposable income to spend on a pinball machine, guess what else they have? 9,800 bucks. 
So let's add the topper additional for 600 bucks. And guess what? They're going to sell those toppers. I think that's what annoys people is that even though these prices have people so upset, they're going to sell them and you're going to see them on top of games. Now, will they sell 200 limited edition Elvira toppers at $1,000? And I think the answer to that, I don't think they will. I really don't. I really don't think they're going to sell that many at that price. I think you're going to see distributors probably mark them down in a few months when they're not moving off the shelves. I, I just think there's a line. And I think there's a line that people will draw and say that, you know, just that's just too much for that. And because what Stern doesn't want to do is this. And here's the problem with what they're doing. When you got a Batman and you got a Batman LE and an SLE, you felt very awesome. You felt very special and you were proud to show your game to the community. And when people say, I got an LE or an SLE, and look, more so the LE guys, right? Because people made fun of the SLE people begging to buy the game. But my point is this, when you got that Batman LE and you shared it with the community, collectively, everyone was in awe of how beautiful the game was. And they congratulated you on having a Batman LE with that beautiful topper. The problem now is when you are someone who shares that you just have an Elvira with the topper on it, everyone's gonna make fun of you for spending $1,000 on the topper, right? You don't wanna feel like a chump when you outfit your pinball machine. And I think that's the problem Stern doesn't realize is that people don't, don't feel good about sharing this stuff with the community. And that that to me is weird. It's like everyone should feel really good about their games and how they're accessorized. But when you spend $1,000 extra on something that looks like it's 10 bucks, that's the other part. It looks so cheap. It just makes people feel like, I don't really wanna share this because people are gonna make fun of me. And you know what? They probably should make fun of you. And the other thing that I just spent $1,000 on that was a total vanity play is the Rick and Morty butter cabinet. Now look, you go and you look at the process by which they make the Rick and Morty butter cabinet and I guarantee you more money, more time, more effort goes into making that Rick and Morty butter cabinet special and you pay for it, but I guarantee I'd rather spend $1,000 on the butter than I would on a topper. All right, so that's just me. But here's, you know, look, at the end of the day, Stern is gonna keep doing this. The next thing we're gonna see is this. The next thing, it's coming, people. Everyone doesn't realize this, but it's coming. It's backwards compatible in all of these new games. Think about it, Avengers, Avengers Assemble, Ninja Turtles. All these games are set up perfectly for something that is coming around the corner, and you guess what it is? It's co-op play. It's internet co-op play. It's coming, people. It is coming, it works with Spike 2, it's engineered into all these games. Stern just hasn't flipped the switch yet. They are very wisely, they are very wisely building up a ginormous user base of people who have these games, Turtles, Avengers, and then one day, they're gonna say, if you wanna connect your games with your friends' games, you're gonna be able to, but you're gonna have to spend money. Now, I don't know what it's gonna be. Is it gonna be $20 a month? Is it gonna be $100 a year? Whatever it is, whatever it is, all of this, all of these moves they're doing are testing the marketplace to see what people will spend on their games. 
So look, I can already hear the other argument. Like, Chris, if people want to put this $1,000 top on, on their game and it makes them happy, let them do it. Absolutely. I don't care. It's not my, it's not, look, it's not my money. I don't even have this game. I don't think that many people have Elvira. It's not for everybody. I do think that those people are special. Those people are like, uh, you know, just obsessed with Elvira and everything she does. Uh, it's not me. It's not been a theme for me. I flipped the game. It's a Lyman game. So of course it's going to be a really good game. Uh, but it, I, I think Elvira feels a lot like yesterday's news. So for Stern to come out with this topper yesterday, it's not relevant today, especially in the wake of Avengers. I do think that the tide has shifted. Like people are now all in on Avengers and, and we've moved past games like Stranger Things and Elvira and even Ninja Turtles. It's crazy how quickly Stern can change the narrative on the entire industry. Like hype just hype just dies immediately on the last title if the new title has people more excited. Everyone is more excited for Avengers than Ninja Turtles. I'm hearing a lot in the Ninja Turtles world that the game's too hard. Email me at canadapinball at gmail.com. I want to hear from someone who's playing Ninja Turtles who feels it's just too hard. And that's unfortunate because I think what I'm hearing from people is it's a very casual theme that everyone you know is, is giddy about, but then you play the game and it's brutal. And unfortunately, that can really sour people's enjoyment of the game. So I'm wondering, is it the brutal nature of the game that's making a lot of these Ninja Turtles pop up for sale? Is it Avengers? Is it the mech issues? I don't know what it is, but, but Ninja Turtles was like a really quick burst. Like everyone went in and got excited. A lot of people bought the games. The LEs sold out really quickly. And then immediately you start to see them pop up for sale. I don't think we're going to see that with Avengers. Avengers looks like a game that they sold out in day one. And I don't think people are going to let this out of their collections very quickly. I think the premium guys are going to redo the armor with purple or yellow or whatever. And I think this game is going to be a really celebrated game in the Stern Library. And I'm really excited to play it. I can't wait to play it. All right, let's talk about Rick and Morty. It's been in my bedroom now for many months, I think like six months. And I want to talk about what it's like owning Rick and Morty. And there's not a lot of people that can talk about owning Rick and Morty because not a lot of people own Rick and Morty yet. I think they're on number 170. And for some reason, we all knew what we were getting into when we ordered Rick and Morty games, right? But I think in reality, the wait for this game for a lot of people feels longer than they thought it would. You know, it kind of, it's like, it's like when you buy a house and you, you're so excited to get the house, you don't really think about the 30 year part of it, of paying for it. Uh, this is the reverse, right? You paid for it right away and it feels like you're waiting 30 years just to get the house, just to get the game. I mean, they're on number 170 and they have a long way to go to number 750. I think on the very surface of that reality, I do think Spooky Pinball needs to figure out a solution. This this just doesn't really work. It doesn't really work. It works perfectly well for them. They collected all that money, like three million bucks. It was smart. It was so smart. It was the best move Chuck could have done. It was so super smart. I mean, he did it right before COVID hit too. So his company for the next two years is okay. Like they've already sold everything they can make. The problem is, the problem is now the company's frozen in one title for two years while everyone else 
continues to create new excitement, new hype, and you kind of get left behind a little bit. And I don't think this was the best way to do it. And I know why he did it. He didn't want to staff up. He didn't want to bring more production in-house. He didn't want to do this. He didn't want to do that. And and I get it. But the problem is you when you're a business owner, I think you do have to sort of juggle consumer satisfaction with company reality. And, and you have to find a middle ground. And I don't think waiting 18 months to make one title is really going to work ever again in the pinball world. Like, people are not going to do it. Like, people are not going to run to it regardless of the theme. I just don't think this kind of wait is working for a lot of people. And I say that because I talk to people who are, like, number 200 and 300 who are really struggling with the wait. Like, really struggling being like, oh, if I, if I could go back now. I wouldn't have given them my money. I would have gone in on Avengers. And they're kind of like bummed out. They're not going in on some of these newer games because they're already locked in. Non-refundable deposit to Rick and Morty. Now look, we all know if you want to sell your Rick and Morty spot for what you paid for it, you will immediately have a buyer. So if any of you out there are like, I, I, I want to get something else, you know, you can't really blame Spooky. You can easily swap your spot tomorrow. And someone would easily pay the 1500 bucks you paid for the Bloodsuckers to get your spot. Spooky has a waiting list a mile long to get in on the game. So it's good news that the demand far exceeds the supply of this game. And hey, it came with a free topper, so no $1,000 topper required. So let me give you my feedback on Rick and Morty. Um, for those of you out there who are waiting for the game, if you want me to tell you right now, just, just blank it right now, is this game worth the two-year wait or the 18-month wait? Is it worth the hype? I mean, people are spending over $11,000 to get one second hand. Is this game worth the entire hysteria surrounding it? What is Kaneda to think about Rick and Morty after playing it like 300 games and having it here for a few months and having the latest code and all this stuff? What are my overall feelings on Rick and Morty? I'm going to start with my overall feeling. If it's worth up to all this, like this hype and frenzy around the title, the answer is kind of, but not really. And, and I mean that. I mean, this game is really fun. This game is different. It's fast. It does a lot of unique things that, that I find enjoyable. But I just don't, when I see people spending above $10,000 on Rick and Morty's, when I see people spending, you know, way, way more than it's worth, that's where I'm like, this game, I, I, I'm i just going to say, I think this is a great $7,000 game. I do. In terms of like what you get for your money, I think it's an amazing $7,000 game. $8,000 maybe. Out the door... I was 9,500 bucks on this game. When I stand over Rick and Morty Pinball, I just can't see why this game is $9,500. And I know I have the butter cabinet. I know I have the thou. I can't see $8,500 in the game. And I do this. I will associate what you pay for it and what else you could get for your money for $8,500, right? And again, like I paid 9,500 bucks. So I could put this game right next to an Avengers LE and I could save money if I bought the Avengers LE. And I'm just here to say like, it is night and day how much more is going into the Stern game versus the Spooky game. So on just a pure like, do I feel like I got my money's worth on this game? 
Uh, the answer is like, I can't say no because like it still holds its value. So yeah, because of the rarity, I just think my overall assessment after playing the game is there's just not a ton in it. So let me just go over like the, the good, the bad, and, and if there's any ugly in the game that I want to talk about. All right, so the, here are the good parts and it's the stuff you know. I mean, the, the code and the theme integration and the call outs are incredible. This game has one of the best sound systems in pinball but here's a caveat with that when you crank this game up when you crank the game up and you blast it loud which is what you want to do with the scott denisi sound system and game the game rattles a lot and and i mean there's like there's rattling in it i mean not just the glass but there's just it, it just rattles and so i did turn down my bass but i think you know in the future spooky's got to know that people are going to crank these things up and i think they have to go through and see where the rattles coming from that we can maybe tighten up and I'm not sure like how to exactly do that on my machine, but good news for me is because I live in a New York City apartment, I don't blast this machine. I can't. It'll, it'll make too much noise. And even when the game starts to shake, I have to turn my shaker motor off because the woman below me would complain. But the sound system is phenomenal, okay? Now, for those of you out there who are getting your machines, the monitor swap that I did, I put a better monitor in or LCD screen in it. It's so much better. It's so much better. I, I saw the one at Jack Bar again. Mine is so much better. People are still, I, I still read this. People are still thinking that I'm making this up, that when you swap out the LCD for a better one, the image is so much better. The contrast is so much better. I, I, I don't know why people are upset with me for saying that. Uh, TNA owners did the same thing and had the same improvement and I, that's all I did. These are the same parts. It was the same LCD they used in TNA that they used in Rick and Morty. So why would the swap not also improve the Rick and Morty display? And I don't understand. It's like this desire to defend Spooky at all costs and every move they make. It, I don't get it. it they, they know it too. I mean, again, when you pull out that LCD and you put in the new one, you'll see it's twice as thick, the new LCD I put in. And it only costs like 60 bucks. You need a driver board. The whole thing was like $100, and I think it was totally worth it. The animations are great. What I love the most about Rick and Morty is this. What I love about playing this game is that it's simple to understand. It really is a straightforward game. It's the kind of game where you can walk up to it with a friend, a wife, a girlfriend, some buddies, and you can explain to someone immediately, here's what we're doing in the game. You play as Morty, you're going on the adventures, here's how you start an adventure, and when the adventure starts, it's, it's really easy, just shoot what's blinking. I mean, on, on a very fundamental level, I love the simpleness and how approachable it is to play Rick and Morty pinball, and that is important to me. You know that. It is important to me that you don't walk up to a game and you have to head scratch. And, and then when they start explaining this and multipliers and all that stuff, like sometimes when I hear rule sets in pinball machines and I, I, I just I just don't even want to listen, right? So the game's very approachable. I love the fact that the game is super fast. I do. It, it, it's a game where like you're not going to sit there with half hour games. You can play Rick and Morty for 15 minutes. You can get into it. You can start some adventures. You can have some fun. You can chase your high score and, and you're not going to be on the machine all day long okay the game itself for me has been pretty problem free uh, other than the initial things i had to do which were adjust the scoop which by the way i saw that spooky from the factory is now adding washers to the scoop so let's just let's just do a little bit of like a roll call it was canada talking to scott denisi that got them to remove the screws from the upper orbit shot 
It was Canada that got Spooky Pinball to send every owner new decals for the game because we talked about it. It was Canada that talked a lot about putting washers underneath the uh, center scoop to improve uh, the scoop, not rejecting the ball. So let's just, for all those out there who would say, like, Canada does nothing good for pinball. I mean, come on. These are the three things that we harped on, and it's great to know that Spooky Pinball has listened and fixed those three things. So I haven't had really many issues with the game. Some quirky things that you'll notice that I noticed, uh, the screw on the left ramp near the entrance sort of sticks up a little bit. And sometimes the ball catches that screw and just like jumps way out of the ramp. Like it'll jump up and hit the glass sometimes. So that is something that you want to look out for. Something else that happens like every once in a while, sometimes like the flippers just have a life of, the, of their own. Like sometimes the right flipper will just stick up and that can be a little annoying, but it, it doesn't persist. So, you know, it's it, look, it's an electronical device. So I, I, I it rarely happens. So I, I don't chalk that up as like a consistent problem with the game. So other than that, I haven't really had any issues. I've had no software issues. The game hasn't crashed. The game's been working perfectly. Uh, so, so I will say that like, over 300 games out of box, my spooky pinball experience has been a really good one. So I, I just want to let all of you out there know that, that I've had absolutely no headaches owning this game ever. So that has been great. Now, what is it like owning it? Am I going to keep it? Am I enjoying it enough to keep it? Now, I'll say this. I don't know. I don't know. I really find it fun. Here's what the game really needs. And I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. this game needs a ton more adventures. It needs a ton more. The adventures are where this game shines because there's not a lot of mechanical stuff in the game and the game really comes to life through the code. This game is all about code and adventures and dimensions and that's when it wakes up and that's when it grabs you and that's when it makes you laugh and that's when it engages you the most. The game just needs a ton more adventures because after a half hour of playing Rick and Morty, you'll most likely see every single adventure in the game. If the goal is to fill up Morty's adventure card and you've seen every adventure and once you hit nine adventures, you don't get to any wizard mode. You don't get to any new thing that you're chasing. And I think for me, that's kind of a problem in the game. And let me explain why. If everything is randomized and you might randomly see everything, then what am I playing for? Then I'm just playing for score. And I'm not sure it's that kind of game where I want to just play for score being the objective. And I think they need to revisit that strategy. I really do think they need to make it so certain adventures are selectable only after you get to the nine on the adventure card. Because then otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? It's it's You're just going to play the same adventure over again. Like this game needs some sort of like... Uh, there and back again kind of wizard mode. It needs something, it, it just needs a wizard mode or some wizard modes in which you feel like you're getting to something that's different and new. And right now, I'm not sure that's the direction they're taking with the game. Have I filled out all nine adventures on the card? I haven't. Like, it's it's tough. Like, this isn't easy. And of course, of course, you can set your game so you can have more adventures completed when you start the game. But the game is really hard. I actually made my game a little bit easier. I'll tell you what I did. When I first got the game, you had to hit both ramps to start an adventure. And I think the first time it was one ramp, then the second time you had to hit both ramps every time to light the adventure light. That was too hard because hitting that left ramp is really difficult. And so I made it so that you only have to hit a ramp once to light adventure. 
and I just find that way more enjoyable. I think in the newer code updates, they've actually made it that way where you only have to hit the ramp once. So this game just needs a ton more adventures and I think for early buyers of this game, you're going to play it a bunch, you're going to enjoy it, but you're gonna reach a point in which you're like, this game needs a lot more of this. People are gonna be like, I love what you're serving us, but we just need a lot more of it. It just needs a lot more adventures. And here's the thing, it's coming. Like they're, they're going to keep putting adventures in. I mean, ostensibly every single Rick and Morty episode that's aired and there's not a ton of them. I think what if there's like eight or nine a season or 10 a season and there's four seasons, let's say there's 40 episodes of Rick and Morty. Every single episode is an adventure. So I think for this game to sort of have enough to keep you coming back over and over and over again, to own it for, for a long time. I think this game's gonna need at least 20 adventures, at least 20, which sounds like a lot of coding, but but really they don't have to animate much. I mean, the animation's already done. So then you're really just thinking about sound effects and call outs and lights to go with those adventures. So I, I really think this game just needs a lot more adventures. The other thing that I wish this game would do, because the other thing that makes it really fun is when you combine an adventure with going into a dimension. And to me, that's really where this game shines is when you're in an adventure and then you go into a new dimension and that dimension sort of starts to take over the game. I think that is my favorite part of this game is the creative potential of what can be going on in all these different dimensions. I mean, there's one where it makes a farting noise. There's another one where it's just someone screaming. There's another where it's like weird music. It's super cool that dimensions can sort of make the game do all this weird stuff. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. And I know they listen to this show. And I'm talking to the coder and Scott. Listen, they need to make these dimensions more creatively weird. And, and, and they're really cool right now. But what I mean is I want to go into dimensions that really do like crazy stuff. And I think they need to sort of push the envelope of how wacky they can make these dimensions. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like they're, they're all, they all start to blend together a little bit. And I think they can just go crazy. Like in this dimension, like the left flipper's broken or this dimension, like just do weird stuff. And you can have dimensions in which they time out. It's not like you're gonna lose your ball, but make the game go crazy. Dimensions in this game are Spooky Pinball's opportunity to create pinball moments. And you know me, that's what I want. Pinball moments. I want the machine to do stuff that's just crazy. I want it to be like when you destroy the ring in Lord of the Rings, I want this game to go haywire and do wacky stuff. And right now, none of the dimensions really feel like they do that. And so they're fun. Don't get me wrong. They really are fun. They make you laugh. But again, after you play them, I want to see the dimensions activate more things physically with what's in the game. Now here's the challenge, right? Is there's not a lot physically happening in this game. You know, if I were to tell you like, what's my one big reason why I would sell Rick and Morty is I just like more toys in a game. I like more things that make you go wow. And I talked about it in my last podcast was when you stand over Avengers, you're like, look at all this stuff. I can't wait to see how that all works. When you stand over Rick and Morty, you don't get that like, how does this all work? There's really not much that's working mechanically in the game. You've got the portal in the garage, but here's the thing, like you just don't get the sensation of the balls really going through a portal. It always comes out the same place. And in the show, what makes the portal 
you know, so much fun is you never know where they're going to come out next. And so I do think that it would have been so cool. This game's like just dying for a subway system in which you're not quite sure which which way it's going to pop out. And the fact that it only pops out the same place every single time sort of removes like the wow factor from that. And, and so I do wish this game had a little bit, a lot of it, I got to be honest, a lot of it more of mechanical wow in the game. I mean, I would say it's a, it's a little bit like TNA with ramps. I mean, there's a lot of the parts are the same from TNA. It's very simple with what's going on in the game mechanically. Now, of course, if you lift it up, I mean, the lights are amazing. The 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 LEDs are amazing. Like the the light show, the sound show, all that's amazing. Uh, but for, if you were to ask me, the next thing I think Spooky needs to do. Again, to compete, again, I paid 9500 bucks for this game, right? This isn't like a cheap game anymore. These aren't $6,000 spooky machines. For Spooky Pinball to really compete, I think, in, just in terms of like their offering with what Scott Denisi is, is putting in his games and what Keith Elwin is putting in, in his games and Eric is putting in his games and what John Borg puts in his games, I think Scott Denisi and Spooky Pinball and Chuck and company, I think they need to put more into these games mechanically. I think they need to figure out a way to engineer more mechanically. I mean, a lot of these parts, almost all of the game is off-the-shelf parts from Pinball Life. Like, not a lot of this game is engineered. Like, it's just, all right, we have this thing. We have drop targets. It does this. We have optos. We'll make it do this. And so, I think you get, you know, after a while, I think they have to push the creativity further mechanically with this game and these games. And they could have, right? And I always say this to people like in back channels, if Sturm Pinball released Rick and Morty with this layout and these mechanics, you guys would have moaned and groaned nonstop if this was Sturm Pinball's Rick and Morty offering. And because Spooky gave it to us, everyone cheerleaded it. And I know, like it's a double standard. It's a double standard. But on this show, if I'm going to hold manufacturers accountable I have to look at them all equally, and I will say that you know this is a great six to seven thousand dollar machine. It looks like a, you know it's got the kind of features a Stern Pro would have at ninety five hundred dollars. It's not it's not worth it for ninety five hundred dollars. And for those of you spending twelve thousand plus on one, I think you're kind of out of your minds. I, and I, and again, money might not mean anything to you, but for that kind of money. You should just have a lot more in your game. And I think Robert Mueller is looking at Rick and Morty right now. And I think he's looking at what people are spending on Rick and Morty right now. I think he's looking at what's in Rick and Morty right now. And I think he's going to see that, wait, these guys are spending this much money on Rick and Morty that has hardly anything mechanically in it. And I'm putting all this stuff in Raza. Raza is going to be priced higher than that. The thing is, you know, what's the value of the franchise? And that's worth everything. I mean, everything. If you if you removed Rick and Morty from this game and just had this game as a Whitewood and made it like a generic theme, people wouldn't spend $6,000 on it. Like they, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it's the value of Rick and Morty is obviously in Rick and Morty. It's just a stupid argument to even think about it as not Rick and Morty because it is Rick and Morty, right? And so this game to me, if I were to give it a grade, I think the game is beautiful. I think it sounds amazing. I think the butter cabinet is so worth the money. For those of you on the fence about butter cabinets, forget it. Like everyone who opens up their butter cabinet, it's worth it. It looks so good. I love looking at this game. The sound system's great. The game looks great. The game is fun. The game is fast. I think it's the perfect game for people who have like deep collections because of how fast the gameplay is. I really do. The game shoots 
not that great. The game is not the best shooter. It is still clunky. It is still hard to hit a lot of the shots. When multi-ball is going, you you brick more than you hit. It, it is not an easy game to find some of these shots. And some of those shots are required to get to the fun stuff. So you are going to be frustrated with Rick and Morty if you're not the best pinball player. There's a lot of apologists in the spooky camp who will just tell you to play better. But it could have been designed smoother. It should have been designed smoother. And I think when Scott does his next game, he's going to realize that. There was no need to design a game that that lives for the tears of pinball players. No, it's it's there's something to be said about smoothness in pinball you can still make the game hard but the shot should be smoother and there is no there is no enjoyment in, in hearing rattles and clunks and doinks and 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 not being able to combo a lot because of that I, I really do think if this game allowed you to combo more it would be even more fun to shoot because it's so fun to hear the stuff it's so fun to see the stuff it's just not fun to shoot everything in it because of, of the things I just mentioned and so my overall score, it's an A-plus theme for pinball. A package in terms of aesthetics. I think the game just looks so good. It just looks so damn nice. It's a clunky shooter. It's a clunky shooter. It's got a great light show, this and that. I, I, if I were to give Rick and Morty an overall score, I think this game, for me, is like a B. It's like a B. It's not, it's not the greatest game. It's very fun, but it's, like a, it's a B. It's, it's a really good game. It's not a great game. It's not a bad game. You will enjoy it if you like this theme, but you're going to have to live with some of the quirkiness of the shots and the geometry and the layout and the lack of toys and the lack of wow. And my biggest fear, if I were to say it, my biggest fear is eventually when all these clips get old and all the callouts get old, will the game get old for people? And I think the opportunity here is that these guys can code this game so that it never gets old. If I had one wish, it's that they make these dimensions do wackier things. Make the dimensions really get crazy, guys. I really think you need to push the envelope of the dimensions. I think you need to have a dimension in which the game turns on and off. Like, whatever. Maybe that's not the best one. But you know what I'm saying? You can, have the, you can make a dimension where the screen goes black. So you have no idea what your score is until the and you come out of the dimension. Like, and the other thing I wish they did with dimensions, I the dimensions should have callouts. If you're working with Justin, you go into this dimension and there's you have no idea. In the show, whenever they go into a dimension or whenever Rick travels, he usually explains like where they are and what they're there to do. I think they need Rick to do callouts. It's like, Morty, in this dimension, the ramps aren't worth crap, so don't hit any of these damn ramps, Morty. Morty, in this dimension, like I, you know, I just ate a bunch of beans, so you might hear me let one rip. And then it's all the farts. You know what I'm saying? There's no callouts. There's nothing audio that makes you feel like part of it. Oh, and one bug thing they need to fix in this game. When you do get Swifty, which is one of the greatest adventures, when you complete it, before it allows the guy to say, I like what you got, you know, before he, if you hit any switch, it cancels that part out. Like you just complete the mode. You need to let us hear the congratulations. Okay. But other than that, I think it's a solid B game. I think it's a solid B game. It will have the collectability of an A game. It'll have the rarity of an A game. It will continue to hold its price. There's only going to be 750 Rick and Mortys for all time in the pinball world. 
It's a theme that has millions of fans, and it's quirky, it's fun, it's got cursing, it's an R-rated pinball machine. For those reasons, this game will hold value. It will be in demand for a very long time. I mean, Ninja Turtles looks like it's for kids next to Rick and Morty when you play them. Even if it shoots better, even if it does this better, there's just something about the fact that when you go and you play Rick and Morty, and you're used to what most pinball games, what most pinball games do, you're going to laugh out loud. You're going to have a unique experience. And I think on that level, it really does succeed. But on a pure pinball level, I think it's like a B, okay? But you can't erase those other elements. So, you know, like for some people, it's going to be an A. For some people, they might think it's a clunk fest and it's a C. But that's my Canada rating of Rick and Morty. And I'm in no rush to sell it. It is probably going to not last the the onslaught of Guns N' Roses that's coming. Because again, I mean, I... <laughs> It's just, it's just that simple. But I enjoyed this game. I still enjoy playing it. Every weekend, I, I pour myself a Japanese beer, and I play Rick and Morty, and I have a good time. And for a lot of you out there, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Are you enjoying the pin? Yes, I'm enjoying the pin. I, I don't feel anxious about owning it. I don't want to get rid of it right away. I'm not like this game sucks. No, not at all. I really do enjoy it. I just think Spooky has some growing up to do in terms of what they mechanically put into the game and they need to make these games faster. It, you just can't make people wait two years to get this game, all right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's my sort of review of Wick and, Rick and Morty. Is there any other, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I missed on the game. Right now, they're shipping the game with black flipper rubbers, which is weird. I thought they were yellow. I would change your all your rubbers out to Galaxian Purple. I changed mine out to purple. The game looks phenomenal. Something. One other thing that's a quirk that I, I didn't mention, sometimes when you have the ball saved, countdown clock going and the ball goes down the middle quickly it actually ricochets it doesn't go into the, you know the center drain it sort of ricochets and goes up the apron and sometimes it goes up the apron high enough where like it allows the ball save timer to time out and you don't get the save when you should that always annoys me oh spooky Spooky, I don't know how to, like, maybe maybe we need to increase the ball save. Um, but, like, otherwise, like, look, this is a, a, it's a fun game. It's just, I just, I see the hype and I see people spending so much money on getting one. And I'm like, I think you guys need to calm down a little bit. All right? I wasn't expecting to do a podcast the second day. That I just think a $1,000 topper warrants we have a discussion about it. Uh, I wouldn't buy it. I, I think that Avengers is, is the new sort of chapter for Stern Pinball. I really hope the quality is there in Avengers. And we're going to see a lot more Avengers in the next few weeks. And now it's like, really, really, it's like Deep Root. Deep Root, where are you? Jersey Jack Pinball, where are you? Chicago Gaming Company, where are you? All right, everyone, have a good weekend. Have a good Labor Day weekend. Be safe. A lot of you are probably going places, doing things. Uh, it's still out there. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. Please wear masks. I know this is like, a, for some reason, like a political issue, but just be safe. Be safe, all right? Love you guys. Thank you for coming back to the show. I really appreciate it. I know that you guys missed the show. Um, I want to thank all of you who donated to my Patreon page while I was gone. You guys are crazy. You were, you were, you were giving me Patreon donations, and there wasn't even a show. If you do want to support Canada's Pinball Podcast that way, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, Canada Pinball. You can find it there. Would happily accept any donations. I know I'm not holding this show hostage for $500 a month. I don't need the money, but it's just nice to, if you guys want to show your support. How many of you donate to Pinside? Think about that. Think about that. I was giving Ted crap because Ted, my friend Ted, had a bet 
with someone that I would not be back in August, by August, right? He bet this guy, the law, a hundred bucks, a hundred bucks that Canada would not be back on the airwaves before September. And guess what? Ted wins the bet, right? And I called up Ted. I said, Ted, get that hundred bucks and let's go have some drinks, right? You know what he said? He said he told the law to donate that money to Pinside. Are you kidding me, Ted? You, that money was ours. We, I won you that money and you're going to donate it to the site that's banned me, Ted? No, law, you got to pay up. Pay up. You should pay me directly. Canadapinball at gmail.com. Anyway, guys, glad to be back. Glad to be talking pinball. This is just the beginning of a new chapter of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I hope you enjoy it. We're going to get some interviews. We're going to get some news. We got some scoops. I got some rumors. I know it's coming. You're going to hear it. And most of it's going to be right until it's wrong. Later. Later.